And I'm telling you right now, Tom Meany did not last 43 weeks. I got 43 and so, so Now, he might have been writing on the side and somebody <laughs> giving him the prompt, but he wasn't in our group. <laughs> so I packed my bags and I packed my acoustic. Then I moved to a town that is known for live music. Yeah. <laughs> Learned a cover or two so I know how to do it Now I write my own songs There's nothing to it What's up everybody? It's Saturday, July the 20th, 2019 and this is Singer-Songwriter with Tom Meany. Happy Saturday, everyone. That clip that I just played is probably the favorite, my favorite song from our next guest, Mr. Ray Prem. What's going on, Ray? What up, what up? So thanks for coming out on a Saturday. Normally, I want to record these on Sundays, but both of us have things going on. Oh, yeah. Sundays is hard. So you played um, on Rainy Street (laughs) Thursday? Yeah, yeah. How did that how did that go? You know, it it ain't it ain't my it ain't my um You know what I'm going to say? It's like it's not that it wasn't bad. It it's it's that it's just it, I have to work the next day and there were some girls yelling, "Play some Mario Grande. Play some this and that and that." And I was like, "Man, I don't know any of that stuff." You know, I I ain't even going to lie to you. I know it's going to make me sound old, but I've never even heard any of Ariana Ariana Grande's Ariana Grande Ariana Grande's music. <laughs> Well, so, but outside of that, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's a good thing. Did anything out of the ordinary happen? Oh, oh, and then, oh, I see. <laughs> and then this past Thursday, this poor guy, I think I was in, I can curse on this show, right? Yeah. This asshole came out. <laughs> no, I'm not, no, I was the asshole. He came out and playing a, a, I was in the middle of a song and I hear this noise and I thought it was a kazoo. Like, I'm like, who is playing, who come, who shows up with a kazoo? You know, I'm like, what, what is going on? Am I being punked or something and then i look over and it's a guy playing a harmonica and and a key you know monicas are you play them a certain key they come in keys right he's playing in a key that i'm not playing in and so i was like okay i'm just gonna finish this song maybe my kazoo thing you know made him think that you know i'm not really playing this that well i should stay out of it no i start another song and this song is just me and a guitar really quiet and I was like, no, man, no, no, you got to stop that. You know, and I called him out on the thing. And so where does that come from where people think like, I guess, because I have seen this happen at jazz shows where some dude will just come up and I can't tell if, you know, they told the guy, hey, come to the show and bring your horn. Yeah. Or if the guy or if it's just a part of that culture where a guy brings his trumpet or whatever to shows and just plans on jumping on stage well i think of a guy well there's one example um when i was playing at geraldine's which is in austin texas a guy was staying at the hotel and um he's from france and um 
he was like saying, I'm in town and stuff like that. I have my saxophone in my room. I can't really speak <laughs> French accent. But he's like, do you mind if I play? And I was like, I was like, man, I'm not, I'm really not down for a lot of that stuff. But you know, I was like, I'm feeling pretty good. So I was like, okay, go get it. So I give him one song. That man was a badass. Oh man. yeah, he was a badass. <laughs> that, see, that's a one of the few uh, times I've heard that gamble work out well. Yeah, I figure pe- people don't people don't, aren't really good at fact, saxophone. Normally, they don't walk around with them. They don't bring them with them. You know what I'm saying? It's like right. it's like that's the one instrument I'm like thinking. Okay, if he's walking around with it and willing to jump on stage, he's not. I don't think he's going to want to make a fool out of himself. So he's got to be pretty good, I would think. And um, that Frenchman laid it down. So the dude with the harmonica, like, where was he at? In the, he in was the right co- next to the stage. <laughs> like, right next to it. Was he with friends or was he by himself? He's by himself. Oh, man. No. I don't know if he went and got more, like, because I, I kind of wrote him. I was like, man, you're not even the key. You're not even playing the key that I'm playing at. You're not even, you're playing in some house, different house key, some car key. I'm like, you're not playing in the key <laughs> of the song that I'm playing in. Can you stop? And then, and then I think the crowd even told him, hey, stop playing. He got all mad and, blah, 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 and stormed out the door. Well, you know what? That's good on the crowd for, oh, yeah. for helping to police things. Yeah. They, for those, for those yeah. of you who are non-musicians and are listening and you're a fan of music, I think you have some responsibility at shows. One, don't let shit like that happen. <laughs> and two, when people are talking real loud and it's not the kind of show where people, where it's acceptable for people to be talking real loud... It's your job to police that. Now, you, don't go to jail. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> don't I mean, you know, make sure that the cameras are not on you. But, but check. <laughs> but um, you know what? You know what is funny is that um, noise at shows don't bother me as much as they used to because it used to bother you a lot. It used to, but then I start practice and I, and people were laughing at me, but I'm not even joking. When I practice playing guitar, when I even write songs, I turn the TV on and I turn it up, so my focus. It's not on the background. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's like, I just, so it's always chatter. It's always chatter. So when I get to these shows, it doesn't do anything to me. I mean, well, it's like nothing. Here's a funny story. Cause you know, you, you kind of are involved in, in helping me to start playing shows. And so when I was coming out to your shows, when I, a long years ago, you would get kind of, you could, you were visibly. Oh yeah. Like, affected when the crowd was talking and these were singer songwriter type shows it's solo acoustic shows and sometimes he would say something and he'd be half joking but i could tell that he was affected by it and annoyed by it and so me being a new singer songwriter i kind of took on that same (laughs) attitude and uh but then over the years i started to kind of realize that you know there are certain venues where People are just going to talk because that's what that place is. It's a bar. Guys are trying to pick up girls. Alcohol's involved. No, the worst thing you can do to somebody who's drunk is what? Tell them to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Shush somebody drunk and watch what happens. If it's a uh, drunk lady who's been drinking wine, she's going to say, I'm a grown woman. Don't you ever shush me and there'll be a finger in your face. If it's a dude, he's going to want to fight. But then, so as time went on, I kind of realized, all right, there's certain venues where it's expected that people are quiet. And that's like listening rooms. Used to be a great one here in town called Strange Brew. 
then there's Cactus Cafe. But then if you're playing at a beer beer bar, you know. Yeah, but those those are like those are the places that I would probably when I would get annoyed is like when right. you're playing places that you know you should be quiet. You right. Know? Like I would say I would say stuff like that. But then I was like, you know what? I got their money. So if <laughs> if, if if the rest of the people are cool with him, them talking. Like I say, I started practicing with the TV on, and if it, if the rest of them are cool with it, man, there's nothing I can do. It's like, you know, that's your experience. They're fringing upon your experience, not mine. I mean, it's like, I mean, in a way they are, but at the same time, I And when you have drums and stuff like that, I can't hear anything, hear people talking until we get real quiet. And, yeah. You know, a lot of times it takes like two or three songs, but. I've, but, I've as a listener, I've kind of, as a fan, I've taking it upon myself to get out of my comfort zone in certain situations and actually tell somebody to be quiet in a nice, polite, polite way. But I've had to be careful because when, if you can tell that they're drunk, then it's not going to go over well. But I remember seeing uh, a show at one to one and it was Jamie Harris. And I remember there was a couple right up front and the dude was being so loud and he was right up front That's the, yeah, and he was trying to pick up this, lady and i looked at jane ellen bryant who was singing harm back up on stage and she was giving that guy the look of death the i mean the evil eye like i've never seen it and i could tell she was on fire inside so i i told that guy to be quiet and politely and then uh they moved to the back but that's one thing they'll always complain too oh yeah they'll go to the owner oh yeah you know to complain that somebody told him to be quiet but if you're gonna talk man be in the back why would you be right up front where the band is playing that's where they want to be like (laughs) for the life of me i don't understand it like that that has happened to me at once at once or twice at one-to-one bar where the people you know you've got enough people where it's 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 front you know and they're they're in the front and yes that's where they want oh my god girl did you see such and such the last episode of us it's like wait a minute what why here? I mean, right. especially one to one, you can go to the back of it. Exactly. And I won't really hear you, but it's, you know, it is what it is. So I have you here today, and there are two primary reasons. I want to talk about promotion, promotions, prim ocean. And I also want to talk about the Soul Writer game. Right. Let's start with that. I think that's important. Okay. Tell us the background. I mean, I, I know the whole story. I want you to tell the background of Soul Writers and kind of its origin. Well, Soul Writer itself, the word, which uh, I, I, people kept asking me what genre I was once I left Seven Stones. And then um, I was thinking to myself, well, I'm not an R&B guy. I'm not a, a pop guy. Totally. I'm not a rock and roll guy. I have all these different genres that I, I like that I was trying to write. And I was like, you know, you know, what am I? And so um, this one girl said, you're a singer songwriter. I was like, yeah, but I'm not. I'm, am I? It's like, you know what? I'm gonna call myself a singer soul writer. And that's how that started. And that's where the word came from. And I've been trying to get it on iTunes since then, but not enough people asking for it. Well, you just killed one one bird there because I I've have a thing where I want to ask people what their genre is because a lot of people stumble on that question. I mean, I'm, it'll take them 10 minutes to answer that question. No, I'm a singer soul writer. <laughs> I'm a singer. So I mean, cause that's what I am. I mean, I, I write, write soul songs that come from my, you know what I'm saying? It's right. like, it's not really, 
And I don't think necessarily just because when people say soul, it means like you're playing a, an R&B type songs. You can have, you can write a, there's a lot of rock songs that have a lot of soul. These guys play with the guitars. Like they're playing uh, from. Stapleton. He's got yeah. some serious soul. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, so that's how, I, that's how I look at myself. And then the game thing I got started with um, doing a, in Bob Schneider's group. So Bob Schneider has this longtime game going that he started with Casey Crowley. Yeah, a long time ago. I think it was like close to 20 years ago, if not more. And Ray uh, would tell me that he was in this group, and I knew about this group because I read an article about this group, and uh, it was because Jason Mraz was in it. Yeah. And he was being interviewed, and he was talking about how it works. And I was jealous because I couldn't get in the group. I think Ray asked Bob, and Bob said no. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't say it exactly like that. He just said there weren't, there wasn't any more room. Right. So Ray decided, uh, well, I'll just start my own. And so he started what he called Soul Writers, and we went through a couple. We went a year. Our, our goal was to write a song a week for a fifty-four year. Right. And Ray will tell you that. I didn't last very long, but I have evidence. Three weeks. No, I have evidence that I had 46 no or way. 43. No, I have them. No, no I way. have them. He's written 43 songs in his entire life. No. There's no way he that year, that song. I wrote 43. No, you I swear with to us. you, I not have with, it. I have them. I have the not, list. It'll tell you what not, week and not everything. With, not with us. You probably write Anyway, you. he's lying. Somebody's giving you the, the font, the prompt Ray has not been known for... Honesty. Oh, I, I lie on stage. I, I don't lie know if he's uh, just a pathological liar. On stage, I am. Off stage is all honesty. And I'm telling you right now, Tom Meany did not last 43 weeks. I got 43 in songs. Soul. <laughs> now, he might have been writing on the side and somebody <laughs> giving him the prompt, but he wasn't in our group. He probably took three weeks to write it. So after that season, <clears throat> um, I got the bright idea to make it just simply make it into a Facebook group. Really, I did nothing, but I thought it would be funny to call it Soul Writer University. And I put a picture of some prestigious college on the on the Facebook group page, so it looked legit. And um, I'm not sure how many we had year one, but I know year two, we started out with 84. That's ridiculous. And um, I'm, I'm not in the group at this point, but the group has definitely grown and evolved and they've got online submissions now. Board of trustees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, investors. <laughs> People are getting in trouble for getting their kid into Soul Writers University. <laughs> <laughs> They're bribing people. Um, but so it's a thing and, and the premise of it I, I guess we didn't say the premise. The premise is that there's a prompt each week and that can be a word or a phrase or an idea. And then everyone has to write a song with that prompt and turn it in at the end of the week. If you don't turn it in, you're out. You got to wait till the next one. So Ray has uh, been in, I don't know how many, I don't know. You know, I don't know how many times he's done it. I have not had as much success because I'll write a, he's never passed a semester. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> it goes it'll, again. it'll, uh, you know, I'll write several songs and then, then I, for whatever reason, you do not have one out. diploma from So Writers University. I don't know where you're diploma, getting your information we'll diplomas from. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have time to check facts right now. But I've got graduation my, photos. If you come to my page, 
I'll have I'll a tassel. Please. A tassel from a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to do, th- it's not a secret, right? What? The one that's coming up. No. It's, it's not so- a secret, but you can't get in. But as Bob Schneider, the, the creator, the co-creator of the song game says, just start your own. Yeah, man, I, I want to start another one, but this is this time. This one has twenty people, and, I, and we know. I mean, I know so many people. So what I did is like I kind of basically went down my list of, of phone numbers that I knew, and I kind of and then then that was the first twenty I was going to start off, and whoever you know, because some people would say you know I couldn't, some people would say I would, and three people said they didn't, and then I just went to the next person. So if you if you don't if I if hadn't gotten in touch with you. It's not because I don't. Yeah, don't, I don't be wanna, offended. It's it's because I went down a list and yeah. I just kind of. It's did too it. hard to. It's too hard to listen to everyone's song when it gets. The, yeah. When the group gets too big, and it's not even twenty. Uh, it's not even twenty. It's fifteen. Right. So I started off with twenty people. The first fifteen people that was going to hit me back, and then crazy that three people couldn't even do it, and so it ended up being like sixteen. And the last person said, "You know what? I'm not gonna be able to do it." So I was like, "Cool." I was like, "You know." But it's it's um the thing about this new one is like um I'm gonna do it for I think it's gonna be it's gonna be year round, but you we do we we write for three weeks then we're off for a month, right? No, we write for four weeks. No, what is it? Three months and then we're off for a month. Three months off for a month, so it's it's year round. So we have three months of writing and then a month off so you can work out your stuff and then. Um, if, and this time if people drop out, I told like the main thing, people didn't want to fail. Like they, I don't want to drop out after three weeks. What's going to happen? It's like, you know what? You just won't be getting prompts. But when it starts up again, I don't have to, I won't reach out to you. I want to say, Hey, you going to be in just know in three months or four months, you're going to be getting another introduction email saying next semester started. Here you go. Start again and try to get as many songs as you can. You mean you don't. Right. So if, if you're out there and, and this is something that interests you, this song game, and you want to create a group with your own peers. Uh, if you have questions, just email singersongwriterpodcast at gmail.com. And I'll write up a little, I don't know, synopsis or, or syllabi or something that explains how, how this game works and um, techniques that we've used in the past that make it, su- make it successful. Typically, if you just, everyone gets a SoundCloud page, that's probably the easiest. It used oh, yeah. to be through email. No, that's, yeah. But that gets to be, it'll clutter your email, plus it, it's a lot of uh, storage, I guess, exactly. e- each song. Um, so, yeah, singersongwriterpodcast at gmail.com if you're interested in things like that. Um, so the other day, I guess it was yesterday, I log on to Facebook before getting started with my day and I see this article Uh from the Austin Chronicle. So the Austin Chronicle is Austin, Texas's um, local kind of arts paper. It's still considered hip. I think it's like their LA week. It's like an LA weekly or um, it's a weekly. It's not an everyday paper. It's a weekly paper. Right. And it, basically chronicles music and arts movies politics too. Uh, okay yeah and restaurants stuff like that they cover everything austin um and it's still considered i guess it's still considered hip i don't know what that means anymore but they it's it's i haven't heard anything about that paper going into only online publication like other newspapers around the country but 
most grocery stores in town, you can pick one of these things up every yeah. Thursday. I mean, they're everywhere. So it's a big deal to get into the Chronicle. Tell me a little bit about that. How does that come about? Um, so I, I did that press release thing for the CD and I sent it over to the Chronicles just to get a review. And then Karan Spearman, um, um, hit me up and said he wanted to do an article on me. Um, he's been doing, he does a lot of articles on local musicians, especially ones of color, you know, Brown, uh, like, well, you Filipino, you have, <laughs> you ain't quite there yet. What? <laughs> no, but seriously. Um, and so he just, he hit me up and said he wanted to do a, um, uh, um, um, a feature and I've been in this town since since been playing music since 1996 and this will be my first feature or you know I guess it's not really a feature it's a where they you know something that's more than a paragraph written about me inside the chronicle right and um and so it was cool well you know? I know one of the things he was talking about he he mentioned the ghetto lounge yeah where I, where I recorded and mixed the last album right yeah. tell, tell us about the ghetto lounge that's where I'm I, so I um got to a point where I was like, uh, you know, I was making a record and then, um, what, every two or three years. And I was just getting tired of having to wait and try to raise money. It's like, you know what? I'm going to take some of this money. I, I, bar- I bar- borrowed some money from the bank and and um went and got some speakers and Pro Tools and, and all this stuff. I was like, I'm going to start learning this myself. Like what I, with everything I do when it comes to music because you've got you've to wear so many hats. And so I was like, I'm going to start mixing, learning this myself. And so I learned it on YouTube and took YouTube classes and then talked to another people that I respect, um, Roger Blevins. He taught me a lot. He came over, He actually came over to my house and showed me a lot of stuff. Or if I ever have questions, I can ask him. And then the late George Reef, he helped me a lot. I went over to his studio right a little bit before he passed and learned some stuff, a lot of stuff from him. And so that's pretty much what I've been doing. Like, that's what I do outside. I've been doing more mixing then I have been writing songs. Well, right I was going to ask you about that. How long have you been learning the the skill of of mixing? Man, I mean, honestly, how, I mean, including um, Pro Tools. It, it's been a, it's been a minute because a lot a lot put it like this. I I have eleven albums, okay, and only three have been in a real studio. So I've mixed nine albums. So the the most recent one. I mixed. You mixed. And what's that one called again? Unconditional. That one, I, I I was listening to that last night, and I want to talk to you about that. But one thing I wanted to mention about this article mm-hmm. that was came out yesterday, there is not one mention of me. <laughs> <laughs> and considering that I wrote every song on the album, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, and now that I feel like this is a good opportunity to talk about that, you know what's crazy is is some of these people are believing you, like like so. This one person sent me a message on Facebook talking about I didn't know Tom Meany wrote your song. I said Tom Meany didn't write my music. <laughs> he might have given me a suggestion on Barcelona. Every 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 time Ray uh, has something on Facebook that is like somebody recorded you know part of his show or something, I always repost it and say I wrote this. <laughs> I mean, one of these days you're going to hear from my lawyer because it's going to just get ridiculous. I'm just waiting for my cut of the check. I'm waiting for my my co-write. And I actually would like to have uh, uh, publishing rights as well. So what? we need to work that out. It ain't going to be to my stuff. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to get it to. So the, the unconditional, how long would you say it took you to get that whole thing? Considering you did the production and mixing, I can tell you exactly. 
I so how that started, I was in I was in Dave Madden's songwriting group and I wrote one of these songs and then I let um I let um I can't I keep calling her Sadi, I can't even think of her name. Oh Brianne Hull. I put it on SoundCloud and I, you know, I kinda just left it out. You know, when you post a song, you write it and then um I let Brianne Hull listen to it and she was like, Man, this song jams. And I was like, Man, I ain't really I haven't really focused on that that much. It's like, okay, well that's gonna be my well, let me start on that. And then I'm just going to start writing songs for it. So I started writing songs for it. And then, um, so from January, it's like, I, it's like I'm going to make this album, but this time I'm not going to play around. So from January to April 27th, um, I was mix, either mixing or working on that thing every day. Um, I have a full-time job. I'd get off of work at like 4.30, you know, relax for a little bit. And then at 5.30, I'd, I'd be in there working out until working on it from 5.30 to about 1 in the morning. My alarm clock would go off at 5.45. One time I worked on it until 4 and um, was just on an hour and something sleep. And so it's just I did that. And then on the weekends, I'd do more. On top of that, I'd play shows and, you know, still booking all that stuff. But I worked on that solid for, so I know people, some people say, you know, this, this is my favorite album. This is this, this. But this is my favorite album because I, I did everything. Right. I, I, I feel like I love the way that the album sounds. So your skill at, mixing and and recording is i i won't say that it's come a long way because i i don't i feel like the ones that i've heard previously sounded really good too um but i will say the song in the intro gently down the stream uh that is definitely by that is by far my favorite ray prim song and i and before that it would have been barcelona barcelona i don't know i don't understand barcelona barcelona is just especially with the full band there's a if you uh i'll put links i'll put all the links to specific things that we talk about in the notes here but uh his album five which i believe he did at 512 with omar Omar. yeah Yeah. um that one was particularly great that's that's around the time that i met ray and um a lot of great songs there but barcelona just has this powerful build-up especially live Uh, so if you get a chance to see ray there's many versions of ray's band sometimes it's a duo sometimes it's a trio sometimes it's a quartet sometimes the full band comes out and there's seven of them and in the past i've seen not only the full band with all the strings a horn section yeah that's very rare and and when there's a horn section it's like the band is half the people in the room but that's a pretty (laughs) incredible show um i i you want to go ahead and play let me let me play one of the songs from the album. Yeah, let's do You know that. what? Before we do that, let's let's uh do the ads real quick and then we'll uh then we'll play. This podcast was recorded on the Roadcaster Pro, the world's first fully integrated podcast production studio. Whether you're a seasoned podcaster or just starting out, the Roadcaster Pro is all you will ever need. Find out more at road.com slash roadcaster pro. Hey, it's Natalie Price, and this is singer songwriter with Tom Meany. All right, Ray, you want to uh, intro this one or you want me to just hit play? What's it's called the, the, um, When It Don't Feel Right. All right, let's do it.
When It Don't Feel Right from Ray's most recent album, Unconditional. Go get that. Where can they where can they find that one? Get it on Bandcamp. Um, I get the most money if you get it off my webpage, um, rayprim.com. But after that, go to Bandcamp. Then after that, go to iTunes. <laughs> then after that, just listen to it on Spotify, which most of y'all are probably gonna do anyway. And I'll get that. I'll get that point, 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 point. If zero, you zero, listen zero, on 0. Spotify, 0. Spotify percent. Go out and, and find his website or something and give him a, a PayPal donation or something like something. that. Something. Can a brother get something? <laughs> I mean. So let's talk about uh, what you have coming up. So July 27th, I'll be playing at the Continental Club. That's a, that's a, that's a staple venue in um, Austin, Texas. 
Right um, off South Congress. Right off South Congress. Um, we first played there with Tamika Jones. Was, was gracious enough to let us open up for her. And so we, we played there once and then the owner, owner and them dig, dug us. And so we've been playing there the last two times we played there. We sold out. So so that's the Hopefully. 27th of this month. If you're in the Austin area, come on out to that one. Please come out. It'll probably be packed. Um, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah. And, an, and an up and coming guitarist in town is also playing behind us. Zach Person. See, I, well, I'm trying to figure out, is, is it Person? Per, per, person? It's it spelled person, right? Person. I, yeah. That's what I thought. I mean, but I got corrected last night on, <laughs> on, on at um, what's called. I said it's not person. I was like, oh, that's what it looks like to me. So, well, anyway, if you, if you YouTube Zach Person, you'll find his stuff, and he's that guy's like an up and coming Austin, yeah, talent. With not just Austin, he'll be he'll be all over the place soon. He'll be he'll be he's he's, he's along the lines of Jerry Gary Clark Jr. Yeah. Um, and then um, there's a band that's on tour right now. Opened up for the Rolling Stones called the Ghost Towns. They're playing early, um, eight thirty. You might have to play two separate covers. But you said Ghost Ghost Hounds. Ghost Hounds. Okay. And um, you might have played two separate covers for them, but I mean they're worth checking out. I mean they go on at eight thirty or eight o'clock or something like that. So um, I think you have to pay for them and then have to come back out and pay for us. But you know. Everybody's got a little bit of money they can spend. Just don't get that. Well, this podcast is not on the ghost town. So go pay for Ray Prim and go check him out. (laughs) (laughs) So we got We have a show uh, in September. Actually, we have two shows in September. When you can't mention. I can mention it. No, remember, she said you can't. Don't say nothing. And this is especially. No, you can't mention it. Okay, well, I won't make I won't mention specifics because it's a house show, but it's in Huntington Beach and it's. Uh, I'm looking forward to it because I really like the people that are hosting, uh, but also it's in Huntington Beach and it's not far from the beach. It's I'm I'm told we're a block away yeah. from the from the water, um, but that's going to be a cool trip in L.A. Uh, because uh, we also have a show at the Hotel Cafe. Yeah, I'm looking forward at, to that. At 8 p.m. It's a 45 minute set. Please, if you live in the L.A. area, come out and check us out. Um, September fourteenth, eight o'clock. Trying to get my family out. Um, they're all they're all over the map, but uh, come out. We need to get as many people out there because you know how LA is. Yeah, and we want to come back. Yeah, and this will be my first time playing in Los Angeles. So yeah. uh, that's a, that particular venue. I'm I'm real grateful that Ray had a connection over there because. John Mayer plays there sometimes. He does. David Ryan Harris plays that. Yeah, but you know we're not videos. playing on that stage. Right, right, right. We're playing secondary <laughs> stage. Hey, you didn't have to mention we're that. We're playing on the porch. Fuck up my whole. <laughs> Damn, dude. We're playing on the porch. What a party pooper. <laughs> I don't want people getting there. <laughs> no, but like, we're, we're not like... playing on the porch. <laughs> there are two stages out there, and the stage that we're going to be on is not the stage John Mayer probably was on. No, it's not. But if no, you no get out there, it. if you show up, maybe someday we'll get to play on that stage. That's what's cool about that place. You know, it's, it, it is a starting point for bands that, you know, and then you build that place up and then they have a little graduation kind of, you, you work your way to the next stage. Yeah. I, which is kind of genius, you know, in a way if you have, you know, it's kind of like that, the Paramount has that side, state side. Yeah. Right so, next door. Yeah. So it's it's cool. I mean. You know, we just got, we just got, I just want to get the requirement that, that I want to get at least 25 to 30 people out there. Can we just get that LA please? <laughs> yeah. Share this with your LA friends. Speaking of that, 
people who are listening to this podcast, if you could subscribe to the podcast via Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher, all of your podcast applications, this this podcast is available. And uh, I, I'm I'm loving that you're listening and streaming. But if you uh, if you click on subscribe, it does me a whole lot better as far as possibly advertising later. Um, but also I want to spread the word. We got, a, I got like a, the middle of the country, no listens. Well, this is only episode four. So maybe I'm How many trying listens to get, do you have? I'm trying to get, I don't want to say the number, but it's, for me, it's impressive. Is it over a hundred? Absolutely. 200. I don't want to say the number. It's just, <laughs> it's in the hundreds as far as downloads. And it shows me the map where people are listening. Obviously, Texas is the biggest part, but California is the second. Is it Los Angeles? What part of California? Though? It doesn't tell me. Oh, so for those of you who are in the Los Angeles area, make it out to the Hotel Cafe on September 14th. Spread the word about this podcast. And uh, I'm looking forward to that trip because I also I'm hoping that we get to the comedy store. Oh, yeah, you've been telling me about that. On Thursday. I hope that we can get to the comedy store. I hope that I can make a trip at least. I don't think Ray eats this kind of food, but I'd like to go back to Roscoe's. Chicken and waffle? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, I've been up. to the one in Long Beach a couple times, and I, uh, I love that place. And uh, there's also a place on Long Beach on the Belmont Shore called Le Creperie Cafe which is like my favorite restaurant in the whole world. Now, how did it turn into a cooking show? Come on. I don't know. It's so good. <laughs> and I, I really am just looking forward to that, to be honest with you. Everything else is just a bonus. But uh, going to go to a cool concert on Friday night as well while we're out there at the Forum. So that'll be the first time I've been to the Forum as well. All right. So you know what? We've been promoting our shows. Yes. Now let's talk about something similar to that. What up? So when I'm on Facebook which is all the time. I see these posts that Ray puts up. <laughs> and the characteristics of these posts are it's either some kind of painful, stressful situation that Ray is currently in, something that angers him, some kind of gripe, a rant, or any real story. long story. <laughs> And then at the end, or the middle, yeah, or the middle. I've seen that. That's kind of creative as well. He'll flip it and then somehow integrate <laughs> or just kind of hammer in his show. So it'll be like, you know, I'm getting tired of the way that the country is being ripped apart from both sides and it'll go on and on and on yeah. for a couple paragraphs. And then, and so if you're pretty tired of that too, come out to my show Saturday at Continental. Come <laughs> you know, you know, something like that. Don't let us divide us. Let's come together July 27th at the Continental <laughs> Club where I'll be going on at 10 p.m. and followed by Zach Person or Pearson, however you feel like saying it. That's a that's the kind of stuff. You know what? You know what I learned is like, you know, people just ignore you, stuff like that. So I, I got it to the point now, Tom, I'll tell a story and I won't say anything. I won't even talk about a show. Um, so where's the show? Where where is the show? <laughs> And then I then I answer to them and have the stuff like that. I've been trying to be creative because um, you have to be. Zuckerberg has these <laughs> alligator rhythms that just he just does. He wants you to pay for everything, and right. so you've got to be creative. 
And what we what I learned is that what makes their flag is that if you also what I stopped doing is stop tagging people. Because when you start tagging a lot of people, that's a flag to them saying that, oh, you know what? They're trying to promote something. Don't think they're not paying attention to what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? So once you do that, um, I stop tagging people. I just make it a story. Like, I'm just saying anything. So they don't know exactly what I'm saying. If right. I tag people, whatever. Well, the reason why I think that it's a brilliant move is because, you know, as you said, being creative. Uh, in this this day and age of multiple media sources and, and uh, multi- multiple avenues that people get their content, things are bombarding people and from every direction. So to keep somebody's attention, you have to do something different and to get any kind of promotion. Things like, you know, Ray spells it promotion as in prim, Ray prim, yes. P-R-I-M, um, now people are copying Ray. And, I, and can I say something about this? Listen, yeah. I don't mind if you take my style. Can you just please put hashtag promotion? Yeah. And that's kind of like what you should do whenever you post any of your songs. Hashtag, hashtag written by Tom Meany. No, that, that ain't the same thing. <laughs> written and... and one, one's a lie and one is you obviously... Because, you know, and this, this is how I find out every time that somebody does it. Because people are so used to mine... That sounds like great Ray Prim promotion right, right. there. And then I go to the page. I'm like, so the first thing I look at is I go to, I scroll all the way to the bottom. If I don't see hashtag promotion, you're on my list for my lawyer. I'm, I'm just gathering up names right now. And when I have a, a what's it called? The class lawsuit? Is that what they call it? Class action. Class action. I'm going to go against all of y'all because you, you got to give me my credit. Because don't act like you weren't, you were doing that before this. Y'all know I started this gangster. Just the mother. Thanks I get. Come on now. I really want to get it to, so I, I, you know what? I don't even know what hashtags do, to be honest with you, Tom. Like, what? what? It's just, if you click on a hashtag, it'll bring up, like, let's say it says hashtag Tom Meany. Uh-huh. You click on that, it'll bring up any story that somebody has hashtag Tom Meany. But what, that's, what's, that's what's what the purpose does. for it? Does people go to, does people scroll hashtag area? Is there a place? Uh, you- I think it is useful, like, especially in Twitter. Uh-huh. Um like if I want to find out um, something about the Lakers, if I click hashtag Lakers, like what was the score? If I click hashtag Lakers, a bunch of stories are going to pop up about the Lakers. Oh, um, so people are going to be just out there hashtag. I want to see see about promote. Well, I guess they could. Anyway, I, th- I think the idea of, of of telling people if you continue to do it, it'll get in people's heads. I do it when I copy you. I just hashtag want to, promotion. Just want to, I want to, I think maybe I could like a, you know, promotion. That's what that means. You say a long story and you tie your gig into it. Yeah. I like it. It may, it may be a, like it'll come become a household word. You, you know, what really chaps my heart and I know it's childish is when I read the comments and people are like, that's absolutely genius from somebody else. I was like, man, that's my idea. <laughs> yeah. I get, I get like that when I see uh, somebody who has posted uh, something. It has nothing to do with me. It's just something I posted like a story that was funny or a story that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. I get mad when people post that way after me and get more, uh, get more. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any ownership for that. Well, that's why I had to do with another childish thing. I, I used to make these dog videos to promote my, my shows. Right. You know, and I would have my pit bull penny talking and it got to a point, man, that it wasn't about my shows. It was about penny. And this girl came up to me in a target and she was like, are you Ray Prim? I was like, yes, finally. 
I'm out in the, I'm out in the wild. I'm out in public, and people recognize me. This is what I've been waiting for. You know what I mean? And so, and whoever says they don't like that feeling, just stop lying, okay? Stop, <laughs> stop it. No, I love it. So, so I'm like, so they recognize me. It's like, yes, I've been doing something right. She's like, oh my god, I love. I hear, I think here's because my music. I love your dog Penny. <laughs> Tell her I said hello. It's like I'm not telling her a goddamn thing. I was like, this is not. I was like, I was just like, what? She's like, yeah. Tell her I said hello. I love her stuff. I was like, you do know I am Penny. I was like, you're saying hello to Penny. <laughs> Right now, I was like, I'm Penny, but it got to the point, man. Like, they just and I don't know, I don't even know if it doesn't, you know, I don't even know if it did anything for my shows, but people, well, if hear, people, if people saw it on the TV show that the uh, oh, yeah, 512 TV show for a minute there, we're I don't know if Omar's still doing doing that, but people were hitting up my page, man, with Penny's video, and he still has some of that stuff, but um, I might bring her back, I might bring her back every now and then for some special occasions, but. Every time I see, I, I, I think those are genius because it gets a lot of, of attention whenever you post those. But every time I see it, I get a little bit sad for your other dog. Oh, Chi-Chi? <laughs> yeah. Well, Chi, the only thing about Chi-Chi, he's, he just, he's too damn good looking. That's too good looking of a dog. It's not even, like I've tried doing one where he has this deep voice and he's, but he's not as funny. <laughs> like he doesn't make funny faces. Like Penny is just, she makes, her personality comes through, man. Only if those dogs knew kind of what was going on in the world outside, if they, if they knew the, <laughs> how famous she was. Yeah. <laughs> so one, one other thing I want to talk to you, cause I know that you're going to be back on the show a lot and hopefully we can have you in the, the co-host chair from time to time as well. But you were a recipient of a grant that, that uh, is part of a organization here in Austin called black fret. Yes. And that started up, I don't know how many years ago, maybe five years ago, maybe seven. seven oh, eight, more than. Seven, okay. Eight. And my, uh, my, I, mine is in, I won mine in 2016. Tell us about that. Um, so what they're doing, they're an organization that, um, that um, once a year, they give out grants to, to, to 20 bands. They give out what they call big grants and smaller grants. And um, when I was winning, when I won it, um, I won a major grant, a major grant and, and um, minor grants. And when I won a major grant, it was $17,000. And then the minor grant was $5,000. So no matter what, you win, you get some money, you know? And then you play one, sh- then they play, they have a sh- two shows a month or maybe one show a month. I think it's two shows a month. And then they showcase these bands and then the, the members vote on who gets the major, who gets the minor. And so they came at a time when I was like, you know, I I heard about it. I was, I, was, I was really getting to the point where I was like, I was on that one of those lows that's how music is talking to telling Natalie that too, that in the music industry, you have highs and you have lows and, and, and you just try to endure them, you know, try to stay even flow. So I was at one of those lows and I was like, man, what am I doing? You know, I think, I think, I think, I think our bass player just quit or quit or somebody quit and something's going on. I was like, I can't get this gig. It's I've, I've had enough. And then, um, I get an email and it's this organization talking about, you know, I found out about them and, did it. I won the money. I was like, okay, I, I got a little bit more juice, you know? So I kept going and, um, they helped me out. I mean, they help a lot of bands so out. What, what are some of the things that you were able to accomplish after winning that grant? Well, um, I, I got to make an album. I got to play, I got to check out a few things off my bucket list. Um, I got to play, um, the Paramount. I got to play, uh, Shady Grove, Shady Unplugged to the Shady Grove thing. 
Um, they got me that's the other thing they got me. I forgot what it was. Um, oh, I got I got in the KUTX um studio. What's funny about that is like this is this is what I've learned about the music business, and I hope anybody don't take offense to this, but you can be a, you can be badass, but you got to know somebody. That's how that's what how the doors open. Like you've got. You gotta know somebody. Like you, people gotta know people to know people. I've been trying to get. I've been trying to get in the studio A on KUTX since I was in Seven Stones. Since I was like, and since I'm like, I can't remember not since Seven Stones, but since I was like in Prim for a long time. Right. And got to this Black Fred thing, and one of the members, one of the the, the program manager person, is a Black Fred guy. <laughs> I, I I saw him. I, I saw him on a Monday night at this mixer. Told him how I'd want. I love to do it. Within two days, I'm playing their Wednesday thing. Not only am I playing on the air, but I'm doing that thing where they they bring people in and get beer. Right. So it's like a, it's like it jumped like that. So stuff like that, Black Fred had. They have a lot of connections. You know? They opened a lot of doors. <clears throat> opened a lot of doors. There was there's mentoring programs as well, right? Yeah, and that's how I got to meet um, George Reef. He was my Black Fred mentor, and so I went. I, I you get to you get to choose what you want, like. There are people that do like managing. You know, if you want to know more about managing, you can go to them. If you want to know more about, um, um, I th- I mixed. I got with one about radio and stuff like that too. I met I met with three of them, but George Reef is the one I I, I, I gravitated to. It's like that's who I because I wanted to learn more about mixing, and he taught me the main thing: um, pan hard, pan right, pan middle. Um, that's that's how I. That's when my mixing kind of um, changed because I was trying to put everything. You know, he said no, go dead center. Far left, far right, maybe put the vocals a little bit off, mm-hmm. but everything's far left, and then you EQ it to make it sound. So now the mix sounds wide, you know. And so he was, man, he's brilliant. I just, may he rest in peace. Yeah. Um, but um, he but, that, a but lot. that organization, it it's it done a lot for a lot of people here, and that's just one of the many great things about this town. We have things like Black Fret, we have things like Ham, which helps our local musicians. Um, get medical treatment or, you know, it, it helps them with medical needs. Sims foundation helps people with mental, uh, their, their mental well-being. The city of Austin right now also running a program to help musicians to see if this dip jar is going to work out. Yeah. I actually had, Oh God, I had notes about that. Um, because they picked the 10 bands. So the city of Austin, briefly, the city of Austin is, was is working on kind of a beta program where it um, dispersed these tip machines to 10 local artists who applied and were vetted through their panel. And I hate applying for stuff. You know what? I'm done applying for stuff. <laughs> I swear to God, like if, if, if you're on Facebook, don't tag me into any, anything else about applying for any contest, applying for stuff. No, because I never don't get listen in. to what he's saying. I never get in. and I always get rejected. And that rejection email, it just it just stings. No You're going to have to deal with rejection, folks, so ignore what Ray just said. Don't do it, y'all. Just quit music. Stop playing. <laughs> Apply to things that, that call out to you. Don't do As it. a matter of fact, you know, because I actually told Ray to apply for the Curveville Folk Festival. Why well, I listened to him on that. Unfortunately, he was not selected, but most people who apply are not selected, and you, it just takes a couple times. But who's playing at Curveville this year? Um, the Ray, Ray Prim Quartet. Ray Prim Quartet. So... You know, apply, things happen, just apply, apply, apply. Um, so, hey, Ray, thanks for coming. I want to wrap it up because I know that you're going to be out here 
a lot because we could talk all day and there's all there's so many things that you know are very interesting ray has a million stories july 27th is the most important thing for right now ladies and gentlemen july 27th at the at the continental continental club Club. and uh also if you're interested in seeing the quartet and you're one of the people in my folky circle he'll be at the uh the kerrville folk festival's fall festival with his quartet and i'll be there for sure october 13th yeah what a great uh reason for me to drive out to kerrville and uh what else our la gig september 14th please please come out those of you in the los angeles area 45 minutes set bring your friends buy us a beer and uh we'd be happy to meet you uh what else ray um i think that's it i mean we you know we play once a month um oh there's one other show august 24th at the rawhide if you if you like us if you like house concert kind of things um we play that once a year and that that tends to sell out that um, one so. is that particular house concert is one of the best I've ever uh, been to as a uh, person in the audience or as a performer. So look it up. So oh, if you're into house shows, look that one up. Can I say one more show? Sure. And if you're if you like to live north, there's a Oscar Brewery now has um a, a great venue. I mean, it's a great venue, great beer and all that stuff, and we'll be playing there as well on the on the 10th of August. So. We got it all covered, but the main focus, just fo- I like to say, keep your eyes on the prize. Focus on one show at a time. July 27th at the Continental. Zach Person um, follows us at midnight, and um, the Ghost Hounds play at 830. Uh, as for myself, I've got a show with James Jean on August 8th. That's going to be at the Townsend, Ray Prim. It's Townsend. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. DJ That's going to happen every time your name is mentioned terrible thanks for listening we'll be back next monday have a good rest of your weekend i'll put an orchestra in your head every time you go to bed let that sweet sweet melodies blow your scary KTOM, Buda.